from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Matt Brown. He has a newsletter that I subscribe to. I love it. I read it every day. It's called Extra Points. And he covers the business of college sports. And Matt, yesterday I saw you retweeted this New York Times article that was right in our wheelhouse. There's Armando Bacot getting out of his $80,000 Audi. Student, athlete, mogul, question mark? And look, I'm like, hey, it's the New York Times uh, treatment here, right? Let's see where they go with this. And I think you and I are on the same page here. Once again, we find ourselves talking about name, image, and likeness, and the framing is coming from a spot that almost is maddening given the people that they're talking to. That's that's exactly it. I felt like almost everything about this story could have been written in, in, in 2020 other than a couple of the anecdotes about deals that have already existed. You know, as, as I read this, the whole thing seemed, look, the UNC's uh, football and men's basketball players are getting all of this. Well, what does that mean for field hockey? Are they going to go take money away? Like, let's, you know, hmm, what a conundrum. As if the people that are paying for an $80,000 Audi for the men's basketball team were thinking, well, we were considering giving that to the field hockey operating budget, but, but now we've decided to do it this other way. They're describing a tension and a crisis that just doesn't match the reality of almost every athletic director that I've talked to about where NIL money is actually coming from and what's actually what, what, what funding is actually at risk here. Matt Brown, Extra Points, joining us here on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. You know what's unusual to me, Matt, is I, I in, in, in a perfect world, okay, which obviously we don't live in, yeah. Armando Baycott is actually an example of someone who is doing NIL the right way in terms of he's been at Carolina. He does have a value. This wasn't somebody paying Armando Baycott to go to a school. This was somebody rewarding and also Armando Baycott having the ability to cash in on his value to North Carolina basketball, which, by the way, is fairly extraordinary. So I, I, I don't even know why they even used this as the premise other than perhaps Armando's uh, marketing people have been aggressive and they send out a lot of emails. Sure. But that's the only too. thing I could think of. The only other thing I could think of is also North Carolina would be an example of an institution that has a very broad based athletic department. They sponsor a lot of sports yeah. and it's a, it's a, it's a school culture that cares about being successful in a lot of sports. And you have an athletic director who uh, I think it is fair to say has been more skeptical of NIL than maybe some other P5 athletic directors on the record. So you yes. add all of those things here together. And if you want to find a boogeyman, you might find some people to talk about it that way, but I, I completely agree. Um, and, and if anything, like the fans benefit here because you now have individuals that are compelled to stay and finish their education, their, their credentialing to build a better relationship with their fans, communities, and athletic department. And then even the, the field hockey athlete that they brought in there, it's hard for me. And this is somebody who's kind of an NIL skeptic with my publication to think, I, how am I supposed to think it's a bad thing that a field hockey athlete made over $50,000 in, in NIL? We can't possibly hope to legislate equal um, outcomes with mm -hmm. NIL. We could only hope to, to force schools to share equal opportunity. But if someone's able to make more money than the median college graduate's going to make five, six years afterwards for maybe the most niche sport the NCAA sponsors, that sounds like a win to me. Yeah, especially a sport where she has zero chance of making $50,000 as a professional. 
as, as far as I know, I, I, yeah. I don't know if you go to Holland or something, if, if maybe there's a league that, that, that exists, but, um, well, you just, it's, you it's just to look at it as a negative. Yeah. You just nailed it right there. Matt Brown joining us extra points is the newsletter, college sports, um, the business of college sports. Uh, highly recommend you check it out and subscribe to it. The, the part that it, that is maddening is you just said the word opportunities, right? Yeah, And we hear ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips talk about the opportunities for the student athlete. He still loves using that word. Well, then why are we, like, to your point, why are we focusing on the amount rather than the fact that she even has the opportunity to do so? Or the idea that, this is the most maddening part to me in the framing of it, yes, Matson's won four national championships. I get that. But Armando Baycott is the highest profile player on the highest profile sport at North Carolina. That's won multiple national championships and he's an ACC player of the year candidate. Of course, he's going to go make more money. That would be like an AD at a division two school that you talk to for the newsletter being upset yeah. that Bubba Cunningham is making X amount at North Carolina as he's running 42 some odd sponsored sports. Like, let's be logical about this, which gets to my question. Who are these articles for? That is a really good question. And my suspicion would be for a publication like the New York Times, if I was to look at this less charitably, mm -hmm. if you wanted to make to write an article for the NPR tote bag crowd that doesn't follow this industry, <laughs> but wants to get riled up about the decadence of Southern state institutions that we certainly would never do at Williams or Amherst. Like, how then, then, dare they? How dare, right, but then, then this is perfect. Just like every time they come in and write about SEC football and right, right. you miss the entire thing, um, which is that like, that's a whole different cultural thing. If you are somebody that says the word sports ball unironically, this article is for you. <laughs> Clearly, those are not our people here. No, but but no. what bugs me after writing this, so you know, being on this beat for so long, the central premise, the opening question, what is the potential cost of the, this NIL world here? I think that's a very important question. If we want to, if we want to talk here, do you know, take uh, Commissioner Phillips at his word and talk about opportunity? There's some important questions to ask about opportunity. Like in my professional opinion, I believe that talented African American women athletes are facing structural barriers to to have the same amount of opportunities that white women athletes are get, particularly within influencer marketing. I think that there are we should we should talk about the potential mental health burden that we place upon a 20 year old who is now faced with commoditizing their personal identity at a time of their life when they might not even know what that personal identity is. Or the fact that we ask them to spend 30 hours a week on their sport and now essentially pick up a second job so on three can write about it and your parents are pressuring you and maybe your teammates are pressuring you. Those are conversations to have. I felt like in this particular story, we missed all of the real things that are happening that should be talked about and are, are, are going back to the same kind of tired trope that's been a hallmark of this coverage, I think, for the last three years. That's frustrating to me. Matt Brown, Extra Points, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. I'm curious on your take on this, Matt, because I'm looking at NC State this year in football. I'm looking at Wake Forest this year in football, and they both lost quarterbacks. And, you know, we could argue about – injuries and systems but to me it ultimately says i don't think wake forest with sam hartman was willing to play the nil game i don't think nc state with devin leary was willing to pay the same price 
as Kentucky. I think it's fair to say that. At, at what point does this new NIL system become, well, who's going to participate and who's going to be left at the side of the road? It's, it's a good question. And I already know of some schools that have changed their thought process about what is our collective going to be doing or what do we have to be doing in the recruiting process simply because their peers are making different decisions. This is a copycat industry yeah. for good and for deeply frustrating. Yes. And, and, and this is part of it, right? The, the other thing though, and I would caution everybody is I wouldn't waste if you're, if you're, your job does not require you to care about this. Like people pay me to care about it. So I will care about it. But if you're a fan and, and no one is cutting you a check to follow this, I wouldn't lose a ton of sleep because we could have professionalized model in three years and none of these collectives are going to matter anymore. Yeah. If we have a collective bargaining agreement, no one is going to be raising money to go to help a kid go to North Carolina or Kentucky or wake, because that's going to be governed by a different system. Just like we don't do that here in Chicago to try to get Justin Fields, some NFL wide receivers. Like that's a, that's a Kevin Warren problem. We don't, we don't raise money and, and funnel it through Portillo's to try to get around the CBA. Like that's, you go to, you lose a draft pick for that kind of thing. So this world changes so much so fast that I don't think anybody who is serious about it can, can be really definitive about, well, this is what that means for NC State. Because, man, you know, the Johnson case might get solved in nine months, and that's going to yeah. change all of these assumptions. Well, sometimes I feel that the NIL collect. I think I think what happened at Florida with the NIL collective that didn't actually have the reported $13 million, I think that's going to be a bigger inflection point because these these collectives are really going to screw over coaching staffs if they don't get it right. And if I'm a coaching staff, I do not want my future employment tied to some – it's already tied to super rich guys, but yeah. now we're actually having the super rich guys promise things publicly that then play out publicly, and that's going to affect your recruiting cycles where I can see schools saying, whoa, 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 we got to bring this in. That I that conversation is already happening because okay. even if even if you are a coach who's not at Florida or Miami or involved in this thing anywhere, you're probably furious because now through the public, the next class of high school quarterbacks and their handlers and agents and everything else has said, now the market's been set. Yeah. So if somebody somewhere thought that this high four star guy was worth 13 million, you're saying I'm not that good. You're saying mm -hmm. you don't you don't trust me in, in, in that way anymore. And this is I've had coaches tell me a deep frustration with NIL because like I think we've talked about, most people are lying <laughs> about what <laughs> yes. these numbers mean. The coaches, assistant coaches, players, uh, recruiting uh, message board people. There's there's a, there's a, a game of telephone that happens with all of this. That if and if you bring it in house, that might lead to a level of professionalization in the execution for everything. Being a rich person who's very good at selling cars or pressurized lumber or security services or something to, to pick a few at random does not mean that you're good at university development. It does not mean that you're good at, uh, at, 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 at doing things confidentially. It's a completely different business. And I don't think I'm telling tales here. There are some of the rich guys that are leading big collectives tied to big power five brands that their ADs and coaches cannot stand because yep. these are not trustworthy dudes. They're not dudes that you would trust to have a Twitter account. Um, and, uh, and, and easy access to alcohol and no editor because they're, they're going to do things in a way that that's going to hurt you. And there's no easy way to hold them to accountability. Matt Brown extra points is the newsletter covers the business of college sports nails it with NIL. Hey man, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, no problem. Thanks fellas. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline, a very special West Day. West Durham, ladies and gentlemen, it's his birthday, and he gets to spend it with us. Happy birthday, Wes! What's happening, fellas? 57. Thank you, yes, confirming 57. <laughs> and uh, what a pleasure it is to follow the uh, the great Matt Brown, by hey, the way, on the program. Fascinating conversation with Matt Brown about how I love Matt Brown. He's great. He's great. That guy's unbelievable. So, And I mean this with all sincerity, Wes. Um, I always thought you were younger. It's how you I, carry yourself. You have you have a, a very youthful personality. I I thought you were closer in my age. Well, my mother would like to thank you for that compliment because you know she called and started the conversation with you're closing in on sixty. Ooh, I was like, whoa, easy, Miss Jean. Easy, Miss Jean. Coming in hot. Miss right. Jean coming in hot from the I, Meredith College campus. But I will say this though, I I fear for you because I fear for you because. <laughs> okay. Uh, having to watch some of this ACC basketball officiating drama and it spill mm. over into how you do a broadcast and the stuff like that, that's right. going to make you feel like you're in your 80s at this point. It's going to age you quick, Wes. You know, here's the thing. I um, I have, uh, I have come to a point where, yeah, I know it's part of the game. And – this is the thing. Remember when we had this conversation a couple of years ago? I think Gilio had just kind of gotten ramped up. It was his first basketball full-time. Mm -hmm. You know, we were pandemic basketball, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember we had the conversation about technology and basketball. And technology and basketball may not be the marriage we had hoped it to be at no. times. No. No. You, you can know say, what I mean? You, I mean, you, you guys know what I mean by that, right? Yeah. I know, but you, this sport in particular, at this level in particular, mm -hmm. is gotten to where now all of a sudden we see a play happen, and then the next thing you know, we're cracking the Zapruder film out type thing. Right. Right. And it's and the guys that do this, and I've heard, is it um, Steve? Um, correct me here. The guy who is the official that appears with you guys sometimes. Oh, Steve Schwartz. Thank He's you. a high school basketball official, yeah. Right, and he's talked about how it's affecting the growth of that particular discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that you know when you have weeks like this in the ACC, one of the highest levels of college basketball, this is why it's hard for people to say, "Yeah, I want to go do that." Yeah, and I think that's the that's the thing that I really wanted to focus on. Um, officiating is a tough job. And oh. We all we all recognize this, no question. But I do think that these things do kind of build momentum. If one bad call leads to another crew wondering, all right, well, how do we do this? Coaches are obviously looking out for these kinds of things. Fans yes. are obsessing over free throw rates and everything else. So it starts Saturday. Okay, fine. It's the heat of the moment. Whatever. And that's backed up by Monday's incident with Kyle Filipowski, where they don't call anything, even though I think right. they should have called it on the floor. In that instance, because of the contact, yeah. I do think you should have some control of your body. And that contact, you, you kind of have to call it. And you go to the replay booth and you understand it's incidental and you don't elevate it beyond what it actually was. Fine. And then last night, which I'm, if they would have called that final play with R.J. Davis, 
one way or the other, I would have been I would have been okay with it. But the fact that they elevated it because they went back to the replay uh, monitor to oh well, there was this elbow and everything else. Now we're it's bogging down the game and it's causing fans and coaches to go nuts. Sure, and it's and and Gilio knows this because he's been the principal writer covering two of the three institutions in the marketplace there, mm-hmm. right? You know how thin the ice can get when stuff like this starts. And when you have an ACC race, like I think we're going to have down through halfway to February and the rest of March, when you have an ACC race where it, every every game is going to count, mm-hmm. that's kind of where I think I've come to a conclusion on this. One way or another, every game's going to count. It, it doubles down on everything. And Joe, Gilio, here's the deal. I, I understand where these coaches are. I also understand where the officials are because I know how difficult this is. And it's driving fans crazy because the one thing they want, they're not getting, and that is consistency. And yeah. that's where the, that's where the issues develop. I was going to say that's the desire, but I don't know how you get consistency in the current system where your, your yeah. officials aren't employees, your officials are going and working too many other games, your officials don't work together as crews. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's an idea from football that, that has some merit that they don't even really explore because they have too many other moving parts that go with it. But it just seems right. like we want something that we don't want to put the effort into actually solving. Mm-hmm. Every year, and, and you know, you and I know Brian Kersey. We know Brian Kersey. We know Paul Brazo. It's not like they're up. That's where, you know, there's a disconnect between the people who interact with us on Twitter. Sure. It becomes, well, they're fixing games or, you know, everything's happening for Carolina. And it's like, guys, it's not even possible. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying the Tim Donahue thing can't happen in, at the college right. level. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But the idea that there was some – even if you look at the Tim Donahue thing mm. and you look at what actually happened, mm-hmm. I, I do get a little nervous when I hear tendencies mentioned because – yeah. Donahue actually gambled on what he called tendencies mm-hmm. for players and for officials and for mm-hmm. points of emphasis. I do think the league would be better served to make the officials their employees. I do think the league would be better served to be more transparent with some of these reports. Because, Wes, I was saying before, they probably get 90% of the calls right. That might even be low. That might even be low. Like uh, It might think, be 95% yeah. that they actually get right. Yeah. And then we get caught up in the 5% that's wrong. And I'm not saying those 5% aren't wrong, but I don't know how humans are supposed to make those calls. Because I take take last night. Roger right. Ayers is one of the three best officials in the ACC. He's one of the three best officials in, in, the, country. in, basketball. in the country. Yeah, In, in basketball. In, in real time, and in real time, he called that a charge on Mintz. I thought that yeah. was the right call. I did too. I, I didn't think there needed to be extra. I just thought, hey, it's a charge. Carolina's ball or, or two free throws yeah. for Carolina. You're right. But and, then all and, of a sudden we gotta slow it down to the milliseconds and it becomes something else. Yeah, and Hubert and by see, the way, Hubert Davis is calling for he's doing like hey to the as monitor, he should have because monitor, his player right? was hitting because the face. Sure. Yeah. His player. I don't yeah. blame him. It's yeah. that's his player. And and here's the thing. Then we go back into the and again, as much as Dan and I went and I'm using Dan's example because the number tall one Virginian. I'm, I'm blessed to work with the tall Virginian. I'm also blessed that Dan is about as good as any analyst doing college basketball when it relates to the rules and the degree of the rule, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, it's like we were talking yesterday prior to Clemson-Georgia Tech last night. We can discuss flagrant one, flagrant two all we want, but we're not even 100% guaranteed to get what we think we see. 
Yeah. You do get to the subjectivity of this. And I think Brian and his leadership with the ACC in particular, and that's what we're focused on here, right? Brian has the and, – and Luke wrote about the translation or the transition piece of where we are in officiating, Luke right? DeCock, the Luke DeCock, the News Observer. Yeah, he wrote about the transition piece in officiating, and he's exactly right in terms of we've got Hall of Fame guys who have done this league, and we've still got, in my opinion, the highest level of college basketball officiating is still in this league on a night-in, night-out basis. I would tell you, if you watch college basketball, hang out late tomorrow night and watch the West Coast Conference or watch the Pac-12. And I'm telling you, just in the population base, we get the core best officiating in college basketball. And the relationship between the leagues, and Jillio, you know what I'm talking about, the alliance that went on between the SEC and the ACC and Curtis Shaw and the Big 12 and the way uh, John Cal has run the Big East and the way the Big Ten – we get the best core group you can get in the country nearly night in, night out, while also growing the product line. That has nothing to do with what's transpired in the last five days, though, Joe. It's now about the incidents on the floor and the collective nature of those incidences and the fan bases that it's impacted, I think. I have a suggestion. I mean, if people want more consistent officiating, they want these crews to work together, they only want ACC officials to work ACC games, I have a suggestion. You got all this NIL money flowing around. Why don't oh, we, boy, why, we let's, let's create a let's, we let's create a ref collective? Jillio, you got the abstract sports guy with you again today, don't you? Well, let's, you don't want to do you don't want to do. Come on, ref collective. Everybody you put an they, ad on. You want to put an ad on the sleeve too, well, like maybe, the umpires right, for FTX, why not? Why a not? belly up crypto company. Why, let's do that. Why not? Right, right? Slap some yeah. yeah, slap some logos on them. Hey, look, Bojangles is a corporate champion. All right, how about you why champion you, some calls? You, champion call. some right calls, Bo. <laughs> And then just put it right there, little boat jangles right there. Chilio, just reach over there. What? Just go ahead. I think it's a fantastic I... idea. Every collective you want to, oh, you have stop. to register a collective with the ACC, oh. and you take like five percent off the top, and you go, uh, it go works to officials. Let me ask All you right. a qu- basketball question, Wes. Okay. Because. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I watched Carolina yeah. against State. Baycott, outstanding. Davis, mm-hmm. outstanding. Yeah. That was not a typical I'm gonna I'm gonna blast you at our place kind of Carolina State game, though, which we've become accustomed to. Then they go to Syracuse, they play the zone. I get it, Roy's not still there, but that's a team they usually <laughs> work over pretty good. Yeah. They didn't. No. Is it is it okay that I know Hubert said there were yellow flags? 
January 25th, and they're still kind of playing with their food. They're still not unleashing the fury. Am I waiting for the fury at the wrong time? or? I love the analogies here. Still playing with their food. They are, though. But I, Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest. The one thing you notice about Carolina the other day is when they turn the ball over, it's a step on the gas moment for the other team. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, man, when Carolina cashes out, the other crowd goes 94 feet in a snap and trying to get to the rim. And, look, I, I still think that there's a growth plate to go here. And, and oh, by the way, when do we get the big three in tandem? When do we get Baycott, Love, and Davis rolling as one? I thought, I thought Love was better last night. I thought the zone helped and him Davis get some struggled. better looks. And then Davis, and Davis struggled. struggled. Yeah. But that's, yeah, okay. I mean, heck, Davis is doing a lot of heavy lifting, yeah. so Boy, he's, I, I'm not going to bag on him for having a, a I, half of an off night. And I talked to a coach the other day that says, look, we can, we can go on and on on Baycott, and he's been really good. He said, but the reason they're flexing right now is R.J. Davis. Yeah, it's as simple as that. But yeah. it's, uh, the and I have been talking about this throughout the week because maybe I have the wrong standard for Carolina, but I just – Well, I think what – And they're 7-3 and three in the league, by the way. Well, and I, I think, don't. And I told you, I'd be surprised if they're less than fourteen and six at the end. Okay, or so fifteen me, and five. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip on you what you have you flexed on Carolina fans and Duke fans. You keep saying, "Hey, is this gonna be on Twitter?" By the way, is somebody gonna get upset because Ethan Raggy's involved? Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. We we covered that. We covered okay, that. Though. We just covered covered. Just, check, just checking. So That's you all. you you've been you've been banging this drum for state and state and Duke fan, or Carolina and Duke fans that you know, welcome to. The rest of college yeah, basketball yeah. life. Yeah. So on one hand, you're you're saying, all right, well, you know what? You don't have a Hall of Fame coach anymore, and now things are kind of coming back to how everybody else lives, and that you're now just an NCAA tournament team. That's that's pretty good. Okay, so if that's, well, that's the, if, Duke, if, if, if you, I think that's Carolina too. By the way, I, I don't know that yet. Is what I'm getting at. Well, that's it's true for both. I'm I'm making the argument that it's both. It's okay. true for both. If they're just like everybody else now, they're good basketball teams with good basketball coaches. Well, then we have to allow for the fact that our expectations for these teams have to change. Simple as that, right? And I think the the and that speaks to a larger but trend do you with the think ACC. Carolina's expectations have changed for this team and for this season. No, and this team. they can they can keep their expectations as they want, and they can drive themselves nuts the same way that Kentucky fans do and Kansas fans do and UCLA fans. Who yeah, boy, get, it's going well in Lawrence right now. Yeah, right. Way. Exactly. Exactly. You you get my point. Is that every barbecue program, ain't been smoked like they've been the last two every years. program goes through this thing, and Carolina of all the programs has been very very fortunate to have like a string of amazing coaches that have come their way right but that's not always going to keep going yeah but but hang on pause give me a 30 here real quick okay. okay carolina and duke even with hall of fame coaches on the bench went through these slips of course these they did. phases the problem here is is that the easy answer <laughs> is the coaching is hubert davis or john shire which are who i think are good coaches it's just i don't that, disagree with that it's, but i it, it, let me say this and here's the close the patience factor in what hubert davis's personality is on the legacy program okay last year yeah hot late rode it all the way to the mm -hmm. win at cameron da 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 into new orleans in the national championship game Who's to say that John Shire won't find that groove? I mean, it looks like Lively's playing better. Filipowski's been remarkable. We don't. Do we know where Whitehead is? I haven't no, been don't. able to do anything today. No. So if Whitehead is able to come back, it looked like Proctor benefited from the Roach absence, and he's playing better. 
and who knows, Duke might hit that vibe. The patience factor with these guys and their personalities with these programs is what you have to understand as fans of Duke and Carolina. It's like I told you guys a year ago, cautionary tale Hubert Davis to John Shire here. What Hubert Davis went through last year doesn't necessarily end after last year, right? I mean, there's still things you have to do when you take over a program that's got this immeasurable standard, which Duke and Carolina do. I think the ACC has a bunch of good teams, even if the metrics don't spit that out. And you, and, were, and you know what? Here's the other thing, too. Did, did, Clemson, did Clemson drop a couple spots in net after a, another win last night? I don't know. And, and here's the thing. I'm about sick of the net. <laughs> Thank you! Okay, and here's Thank why you. I'm sick. And I'm going to tell you right now why I'm sick of it. All right. Let's go, Wes. Because Let's cook, get, Wes. get some clouds going here. All right. Start yelling. Because here's why. Yeah, I'm going to yell at some clouds, mm-hmm. just like Bart Simpson's front yard. I'm going to stand in the front yard and yell at clouds. I'm 57 years old. Let's That's go. it. I'm 57, it's and I'm tired. Birthday. I'm tired at 57. No. I think the un, the expectation metric, the net just doesn't show up the third week of the season and all of a sudden release 350-odd teams or 360-odd teams, right? Mm-hmm. So – Here's Clemson, and yeah, they've got two quad four losses, and they have two quad one losses, right? And last night, they beat a quad four team at home. Right. All right? And I'm guessing they went down without having a chance to look at the net today. Last night, they were 59. But the reality of it is this. Until the NCAA, Dan Gavin, I'm talking to you, and Governor Baker, welcome. If you're not going to tell us what that analytic is that you feed into the computer before you hit send the first time, then scrap the damn thing. Because there's no possible way that an expected alignment or analytic or whatever you want to call it, you put something in the software to tell me what order you think a certain team ought to be before you ever hit go for the first time. And until we know what that is, we can't measure this fairly. Don't you agree? I mean, there's no possible way. There's no possible way that Virginia Tech is 50 and Clemson is 59. Yeah, that makes no sense. To me. Going into yesterday. It makes there's sense. no way. Clemson was 8-1 and one and Virginia Tech was 1-7 and seven, or 2-7 and seven after beating Duke. There's no possible way that could be the analytic. And I'm not even talking about the State Carolina stuff or Virginia, or even Wake Forest, who I think is better than 71, which is where they were yesterday. This damn thing is going to drive us crazy, and yet they want us to invest in it. It's ridiculous. Your net doesn't matter, Wes. Your opponent's net does. But, Joe, there's still some analytic they pour no, into the software the the before yes. it starts. And we don't know. And, and it's not, they're not transparent. And we don't, and no, and I, we don't I, I know. And Hell we don't no, they're know. not transparent you're because abs- it's the National Collegiate correct. Athletic Association. And to end the conversation, it's a sorting tool for them. They don't ultimately, I mean, if it was, if they use net, I forgot who pointed this out to me, like, well, then just make it like they do with the uh, NCAA hockey tournament. You know, like, all right, it spits out this auto-generated formula of, of, of how they played hockey, and that's how they come up with their seating, but, and, but that's not what they do. It's a okay, but tool. when's the sorting tool used? Is it used by the committee at the end? Don't know. Because you're giving me a variance every day yeah. of the sorting tool. West Durham. And I don't know where the sorting tool originated. It's your birthday, It's man. his birthday. We can't, He's fired we can't up. get you out on that. <laughs> He's fired up. Uh, we got birthday plans tonight? What you got going on? We can't. 
You and uh, you, you and Clifford having some, you know, chill time on the couch. Uh, Watch the Vicky video and of I us are going to have di- Vicky and I are going to have dinner mm-hmm. with uh, friends of ours here in Metropolitan Cartersville. Nice. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence is not here. Oh, not here. at least okay. not to my knowledge. Gotcha. Um, but we're going to have dinner tonight, and uh, then I'll be on the road. I'll be in Blacksburg on Saturday night, primetime with the tall Virginian for the Orange and the Hokies. Love it. My and God, I'll my give God. your best to Coach. Don't worry. I'll say hello to Coach Bayon for you. No, Coach Young, please let him know. Uh, but- and by the way, Gilio, you and Joe, congratulations on presenting Mike Bray. There you go. That's how I wanted to cheer game. you up. Yeah, I loved it. I yes. saw that, and I thought, and I'm quite sure it was not a bottle of Pepsi. Uh, no, no, it's Jameson. Jameson yeah. was the Jameson Reserve, nice. the black. What yeah. was it? Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's good. good. Black. Oh, very nice. Level up. Level very up. Very nice. Yeah. All right, Wes. Happy birthday. Got into man. a little bit of that capital broadcasting <laughs> petty cash, I uh, see. No, that was no, my money. <laughs> no, they don't let us touch that. <laughs> Joe Do you expense money. that? Do you expense that? <laughs> nope. No, they don't let us touch that. Nope. All right, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll pass a hat in Greensboro at the tournament. We'll there we go. Right. Perfect. There Send right. uh, the cash app. All right, Wes. Happy birthday, man. Take care, guys. Thanks. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.